We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, for summing up, week 13 today is Monday, December 7th. Jeff and Chris here. Uh, got a lot to talk about here off of a Giants win, a road win, an upset road win. You might, you know, your Giants might have won Survivor Pools yesterday, Chris, uh, except. And, well, and maybe because because the Raiders won, people who had the Raiders and took Se- and uh, going against people that took Seattle might have won yesterday. So let's start off with your Giants, and then we'll talk a little Raiders Jets because those were two wild games. Yeah, so I watched the uh, Seattle Giants game. It was mostly a terrible game. The second oh, half was a little better, but it was tough to watch. I even had to like I missed parts of it because there were like reviews and stuff that were going on with just. It was just so boring. There were a lot of commercials. There's a lot of just stoppages. It was just a tough game. But uh, it got it picked up a little in the second half when Gallman started running wild. Uh, and, you know, it, it seemed like one of those classic Giants lost games where they're ahead most of the game. They're playing, you know, punching above their weight a little bit. And then they fall apart. And then Russell Wilson wins the game. But it didn't happen. They actually won. And the reason they won is because as much as Russell Wilson over Colt McCoy is about as extreme of a matchup a quarterback as you can have, uh, the Giants dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage. And they did. And, and I have to, I have to say, you know, like I talk about this a lot, but like Dave Gettleman has done a good job and he's been correct about a lot of things. Like he traded like a third round pick for Leonard Williams. And they're like, why is he doing that? Leonard Williams contract expires. Well, then he franchised him 
and he's playing like a pro bowler. He's got eight sacks. He's been getting a lot of pressures all year. Signs, signs James Bradbury, who has been a shutdown quarter. I mean, Metcalf had eight catches for 80 yards and was rarely open. You know, there were some good play, good catches Metcalf made, but he, uh, Bradbury was right on him. The moronic announcers tried to make a big deal of the uh, Metcalf straight arm to Bradbury, after which he gained zero yards and went right to the ground. It was like, no big deal. Bradbury played great against him. And then, you know, the offensive line, which was really bad for the first half of the year, is now good. And I don't know how much Andrew Thomas is part of that. I did see Scott Barrett make a valid criticism of Gettleman. He had Justin Herbert, I forgot about this, ranked as clearly the number one QB in this class, ahead of Burrow and ahead of Tua, and thought if, if Herbert had come out last year, he should have been the number one pick. And also had Danny Dimes not only ahead of Haskins, but ahead of Kyler Murray. We'll see long term if that ends up being correct. But uh, Scott Barrett was saying, well, if he if he was that high in Herbert, he should have taken him at number four. And that's a fair point uh, of criticism. But besides that, get a tackle to help your quarterback that I guess he does like still, uh, even though he's hurt. And you get a very good defensive line and a improving offensive line. I mean, if Barkley, who was the guy he drafted, were running behind it instead of Goldman, he would have broken a couple of the house. I mean, there were some long runs by Goldman that nobody would have caught Barkley on. So I like the idea of building a team based on offensive defensive line uh, and competence at, you know, at quarterback and then signing a, an elite cover corner to, uh, to shore up the defense. So it's, uh, you know, they're still just five and seven, but they went to Seattle, got a win. Seattle sucks though. I mean, it's Wilson Metcalf and a bunch of scrubs. I mean, Carson and Lockett are good players, but, that that defense is bad. The offensive line is terrible. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot to work with there. It's it's not the most aesthetically pleasing, but it, it works. And especially in that division, it might work even a little bit more. I mean, just think about it. They should have beaten the Eagles the first time. They should have beaten the Cowboys in Dallas. Right. You know, they but, really. But the football team could have easily won either or both of those games. Like that's, you know, that, that's also true. You know, so with, there's been a lot. They've been in a lot of close games. I mean, they had the Rams play dead even in in LA until that Cooper Cup touchdown very late. They uh, they got destroyed by the Niners, but they they've played a lot of tough close games. And Joe Judge, I don't like his punting decisions. He's nutless monkey a lot, but that team shows up and plays defense. The the offensive lines improved, which is huge. The running games improved. Obviously, Colt McCoy cannot. That cannot be the solution. He did absolutely nothing. He's a total zero. But they got to win. And I don't know if Dimes can come back next week. But right. if Dimes can come back, and they have a couple tough games left still, but I think this is the uh, – I think they're the best team in that division. They only, If I recall correctly, they only have one more divisional game left against Dallas, right? Right, which is probably the weakest team. Well, the Eagles might be the weakest team now. The Eagles really – I think Jalen Hurts, though. I mean, it was – when they put in Hertz, it was Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson. It was yeah. like, like Wentz is Savage, barbaric play, can't even complete a pass. And immediately Hertz is running, making throws on the move. If Fulgham doesn't drop that ball at the 13 yard line, that game may go, you know, down in the wire at 23 all. And then there was a, he, he turned it over. I think it would have been 24, 23. Wasn't the final 23, 17. 16, I think. No, no, it was 30 to 16. It was 30 to 16. Oh, was that 16? I'm sorry. Yeah, they were up seven at the time. But they would have, you know, tied it probably. You know, they still would have had the score. And then Rodgers would have had enough time, probably would have beat them still. But no sure thing. Yeah. 
for some reason, I thought the number was six at one point at the uh, when they they got it down to. But you're right, it's sixteen. All right. Um, but at any at any rate, did they miss an extra? They must have missed an extra point then. I think Elliot might have missed one. I can't remember. That's natural. Yeah, he did miss an extra point. So he's that's, terrible. He's one uh, of the worst kickers in football. Did make the Bengals? Well, there was a whole lot of that yesterday. There was a lot of competition for worst coach. And there was a lot of competition for worst kicker. I mean. You you look at Minnesota, Dan Bailey. Oh my gosh, you sh- you saw how like how little the the Vikings trusted Bailey. Instead of like, okay, we're going to settle for the field goal in overtime as soon as we get in field goal position. No, we're just going to run it all the way down to the goal line. They should have just ran. On th- they should have done run more play on third down. They they right. trusted Bailey that little, and I think that was the right call. I really do. You know, yeah. so many times that you know, like you see these teams. Oh, we'll play for the forty yard field goal. Well, not every kicker is Justin Tucker or Jason Sanders. There's a lot of eh kickers still. Michael Badgley is bad. Zane Gonzalez is out there. Zane Gonzalez. Oh, my gosh. Every week, Chris. Every week. It's like, a hey, let's play for the 45-yard field goal because that's worked so well before. We'll just play for that. Uh, Yeah. the Cardinals could be like nine and three if Zane Gonzalez was Jason Sanders. I mean, he's worth like three wins. Now, obviously, your kicker's not worth three wins because you're not always in those situations. But if you sub in, if you sub in like Daniel Jones healthy for Kyler Murray, you know, maybe they lose a win, maybe. But if you sub in, uh, you know, Jason Sanders or Tucker for Zane Gonzalez, they gain three wins. <laughs> I don't know. You sub in Andy Reid for Cliff Kingsbury, you get a win too, though. Yeah. I mean, although Andy Reid did some. I mean, Andy Reid didn't challenge a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, but that you know it, that was one where nobody knew. Not even Hill knew. I mean, they went. They I, you were watching the condensed version, so you didn't see this. But they showed a sideline conversation, and Reid's like, "Why didn't you tell me you caught it?" He goes, "I didn't know." You know, he I, thought it, the, he thought he hit the ground. Everybody thought it hit the ground. Well, and, I could see Hill like you know being like discombobulated, like in the air knowing that he didn't catch it cleanly and just assuming it bounced back into his hands. That makes sense to me. Well, it hit both but, helmets. It just, it looked like it hit the ground. I can see why right. they, and you know, you have a finite amount of time, you know, you have somebody you, up there was, was asleep at the switch because yeah. if it's at all, wait, I mean, you should just always be watching in case. Yeah. And, and keep in mind that was on the, the play, the ball, like it came on the side that was not facing the chief sideline. It was, it was facing right. the, the Broncos sideline. So they needed a replay monitor, obviously. That was hilarious though. That was yeah. truly hilarious. I mean, I have Hill in a league, but that league, that team was dead. So I didn't really care, but what a horrible beat if you're a Hill owner. And then he got another one called back on a hold. Yep. Yep. And they just missed another one where he's wide open. I mean, Hill could have had like three or four long touchdowns that game. Right. Yeah. That, 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 that game could have been a lot different. They could have played out a whole lot differently. Uh, the uh, well, let's talk about that real quick. So there, you know, there's a couple infuriating things: Ch being active uh, and then oh. not playing. You know, so aggravating there. Um, you know, and I, I, we should, you know, it's on us to kind of read the signs. I have like even that morning they were saying like, well, they'll probably limit him. Well, and that should have been your sign not to start him right then and there. But because he didn't practice Thursday or Friday. So that's kind of on us. It's kind of on the Chiefs for leaving him active. I even picked up Darrell Williams in the league where I have CAH so I could have a last second pivot. Saw he was active. was like, okay, he's active. I'll just leave him in. Oops. I got zero points instead of three. You never know. Three points might right. mean something, but. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, all year. I mean, it's funny. Like, he and Miles Sanders, if you had been in an auction, PPR, and been like, yeah, I'm set, you know, I got two. 
monster pass catching running backs. Yep. I mean, those guys have just killed you. And yeah, Sanders was hurt a couple games, but, and obviously CH was sick this game, but like mostly it's just that they don't throw the ball to those guys. And there was just no reason to think that was even a concern heading into the year. So it's been a tough year for a lot of, a lot of those running backs. Yeah. Mixon's been a bust, you know, Jacobs misses a game at the most critical time of the year. Uh, and you know, hasn't been great lately. Anyhow, uh, hold on, hold on, Jeff. You're going to have to talk for a minute. My, my buzzer's going. I think it's Heather and Sasha. So just okay. keep talking, leave this in. People need to know there's all a, right. There's a personal life going on here. Hold on. Okay. Very good. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, first round pick for a lot of people. You, at the end of that first round, you could have taken, you could have taken Devonte Adams and Tyree kill. You could have very easily. A lot of people probably took, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes around that turn. I thought I've, I've seen some people do that. You could have had Aaron Jones at that turn. You could have had, you know, instead, no. Some people took, you know, in my primetime league, which for about, uh, Chris, I'm talking about my primetime league, how, like, yeah. at, for five weeks, it was looking really damn good. Jacobs and Mixon were both producing. Now that's been a disaster for both of them lately. I could have had Aaron Jones. I could have, right. you know, in the first round, not in the second round. I didn't have two bites of that apple. Could have had Devontae Adams in the first round, but not the second yeah, that round. The that was the pick. What a big, I mean, was, what a big, or could have had Tyreek Hill at the first round, not the second either round. Either one, either one. Yeah. Uh, Devontae or Tyreek I could have only had one of those, but those could have, picks. I, what a I big mean, difference. I, I, you know, I was in good position to win minimum 3,200 and maybe 7,000 in my prime time. Mm-hmm. And I drafted Prescott. I wrote about this. I drafted Prescott. My backup was Burrow. So I lost both for the year. And then it all started. The QBs are what kill me. I would easily be in it. Four weeks ago, uh, I started uh, – three weeks ago, I started Baker Mayfield over Daniel Jones in the monsoon. And I meant to switch it, but there was like internet congestion. I couldn't get the move in 10 minutes before. the sw- It just wouldn't let me do the move. So yeah. I just was frozen out. So that, so I, I got screwed there. The father was three weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I put in a bid for Taysom Hill uh, on the Saturday bids. And the guy was playing – got him to block me even though he didn't use him has never used him since and i still won the matchup so all the guy did was hurt my point total which was the key which is what i needed so all he did was hurt my point total didn't help himself whatsoever and then last week uh, i had daniel jones starting because daniel jones was on by the week i started alex smith i had daniel jones starting but he got hurt midway through the game so that cost me and then this week i foolishly played trubisky over mayfield so the last four weeks uh, I basically just destroyed my uh, my primetime season, and I'm not going to make the playoffs. And uh, just that's it. You know, I had the chance for 3,200, 7,000. It would have been I had the best record if I had won. Um, and uh, that's it. The guy I played this week had uh, I was I thought I was doing well. I didn't purposely didn't look at the guy I was playing, and I was like, oh, you had Darren Waller going. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got the Patriots defense. Oh, really? Is it really necessary? For F's sake, for the Patriots Stevens to get a blocked field goal touchdown too. That was Chargers so was Chargers. Out. That was so Chargers. Like, that was so funny. But they got a blocked field goal touchdown, a kick return touchdown, and a shutout in the same game. And I'm going against him, Waller, Corey Davis. So I mean, it just didn't. You know, it's like okay, that guy's got 180 points and still has a player to go tonight. And so, it was like you, you know, going against Bartle in the stake league last week there where you had like 65 and he had 220 or something. 200. Like that. Yeah. He just had everybody. And, but I had a good, but I had a good week. Like I got 127 plus Debo and Tucker. I could get 160, 170 points this week, but too little too late, you know? And so, 
Um, yeah, I was bummed. It was, it was a terrible day. It was mostly a terrible week 13. Yeah, there was a lot of terrible things. We'll talk about more terrible things in a second. But first, smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet. And that's why smart bettors use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use the promo code ROTO500. That's promo code R-O-T-O-5-0-0, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. All right, Jeff and Chris here. Okay, some terrible things that happened. Uh, so you had your quarterback uh, issue there, your quarterback decision that went wrong. I had one too. I'm in the uh, Scott Fishbowl playoffs. We, it's a super flex league. My three quarterbacks are Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, and Justin Herbert. And who did you, you say? You can see where this Mayfield. is going. Of course. There are negative points for interceptions, negative points for incompletions. So I started Justin Herbert over Baker Mayfield. That was a difference of 60 points, Chris. 60. 60 point difference right there. Herbert was negative like 14 or something, negative 16. It was it was such an epic fail. I I, I got that. I mean, and, and I, the least, thing is, I didn't even like, think about it. It was like a no brainer yeah. to me. Yeah, right. It was exactly. a brainer as it turned out, and I have none. Right. But at least that was an easy call. Like Trubisky and Mayfield, you had Mayfield one spot ahead of Trubisky in your rankings. I saw other people had Mayfield up once. It was like, I mean, Trubisky one spot. It was like 50, 50. Yeah. The implied totals were the same in both games initially, you know, for the, the underdog uh, Browns and the favored bears. Uh, you know, even though the, the total of the game was lower in the bears game, that the implied totals were exactly the same. I was like, Trubisky runs a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's a slight advantage when the totals are the same. And I thought, you know, David Montgomery is the running back The Browns have stud running backs. I think that probably the, given the same amount of projected points, the Browns are more likely to get touchdowns on the ground. Plus the bears have Allen Robinson. Uh, they just seem to have more explosive receivers, but what actually happened was the Bears scored three rushing touchdowns. I got lucky on a Cole commit catch and run short pass touchdown later in the game. And the Browns scored four passing touchdowns right away, including a bomb to Donovan Peoples Jones. And I was like, this is, this could not be going worse. And then they tried to get Mayfield a fifth touchdown. I also have Chubb on the team and it was incomplete in the end zone. And then they handed to Chubb who scored. But I mean, this is the first half Mayfield's got two ninety and four on my bench. I know. Game. And I'm like, dude, this is, how could you know, but I should, it was a dumb move by me. And I'll tell you why, because Mayfield for all his faults is a real passing quarterback, especially the NFFC with six point passing touchdowns. Like he can sling the ball around and get 350 yards. Trubisky. He's kind of just a gadget, like running, scrambling, dump it off to Tariq Cohen when Tariq Cohen was healthy and he gets the yardage. He's not going to, he's not really going to mount consistent drives. And a lot of Mayfield's bad outputs were in horrible weather. Weather wasn't a factor in either game. So that wasn't really a thing. I don't know. In retrospect, I mean, it's easy to. I'm going to defend now. you on this one. Yeah. Because first of all, I mean, the, you got the game flow you wanted. It was 64 points total uh, in this right. one. And it's just they happen to score from close. You know, it's sometimes where you happen to get tackled. Two, the Lions were missing Akuda and Trufant. I mean, yep. and yep. three, 
you know, all, all the Bears receivers were there. You know, Robinson had showed up in practice Friday with an injury, but he played this game, looked good, in fact, made some pretty nice plays. They moved the ball. Trubisky threw for 267. The Bears just got stupid at the end of the game. I, the, the, I mean, the whole thing is they're protecting that three-point lead, and they haven't passed deep in his own territory. And they got the sack fumble. and well, that, They had a 10-point lead. They had a 10-point lead with two, two and a half minutes left, yep. and they gave up a bomb to Marvin Jones. I don't know how that gets through. They got one good receiver, and somehow he catches a 48-yard touchdown. Right. And then they get the ball, they throw, they get sacked, they fumble, and they lose the game. So that was ridiculous, but it gave me a few extra points with Trubisky. They on the still had a chance drive. at the end, too. I mean, they yeah. just decided to run on, on thir- you know, fourth and short, and I think third and short, too. I forget the third, third down play. Right. But well, point the being, was terrible. The run was terrible because the upside of succeeding was so little. You just end up using your last time out, and right, you know, now you got you know 18 seconds left at the 20 yard line with the first down. At least if you throw it in the end zone on that play or play action throw, you might get something out of it. You're still right. a huge underdog to to win, even if you succeed in converting the fourth down. You might as well call a play that has some upside. But yeah, no, I get that that all those factors were in my favor and. And and the runs too, like none of those uh, rushing touchdowns were like from the one yard line. They were from one was from the five, and they had to break two tackles. Patterson did that. One was from the four. Montgomery broke two tackles to get in, and yeah. one was from like the thirteen where he broke like three tackles to get in. So like every time I was like, stop him, stop him, stop him, no, no, uh, you know. And then like so I, I was like, okay, this drive is used up. So it wasn't. And, and Trubisky had like. 18 points or something. I mean, it wasn't like horrendous. Yeah. It was just how two things happened. Clowney was out for the Titans. And then uh, the, I've never seen, I watched a lot of that game. I have never seen less of a pass rush. No, at least they, the they were time. terrible. And Clowney's been out for a while. He, they just decided, he just decided to have surgery uh, to so get it taken done. care of. So he's yeah. done, uh, which I mean, the thing is they, but, but they can't generate seen, a pass rush. I mean, but in the first half, the second half, they got a little bit when they were sort of making a fake comeback. Yeah. But they, I mean, Mayfield was standing back there with this three man rush and it was like, I mean, he could just wait forever. Yeah. And I was like, this is not, this is not going to go well. I mean, it's kind of dumb. It wasn't like I was going against Mayfield, so, you know, of course I didn't want to be as egregiously wrong as I was, but now I'm hoping that Debo and Tucker do nothing so that I lose by more than the difference of that and the 19 points I gave up with the uh, right. internet congestion so that, you know, that like, okay, I just lost. It's one thing to just lose, right? You lose. You, you thought you had a good team. It was okay. You had some bad luck, some injuries, other team beat you. Okay. Sucks. Fantasy football. But to like make a lineup decision that cost you seven grand or to have a internet glitch type of thing going on that cost you seven grand, that's hard to, let go of. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm rooting against my own guys, which doesn't even matter at this point for peace of mind. I'm just like, I just want it to be like, yeah, I, you know, I had a decent team. I came close. I had some injuries. Everyone has injuries. That's how it goes. Yeah. Well, don't they have the, the second chance bracket in the online championship? Ah, yeah. But the, come on. That's like, there's like two, you want to have more points going into that. Just yeah, gonna play so it, here. yeah, it's just so that's so negligible, you know, the, that whole bracket and and the payouts less. Look, I had a, I had a good team. I, I felt good about it. A couple things went wrong. You know, I lost Chubb for those key weeks. Kamara lost his a lot of his value with Taysom Hill. Dak and Burrow got hurt. You know, there's some Jonathan Taylor last week had a smash matchup, but um, got COVID. Uh, just you know, when I had to start somebody bad, you know, just lots of little things like that. 
And, uh, but you know, I mean, I can't bitch about it too much. It was a good season. They, there are, everybody has their problems. The Tyreek Hill guy that I mentioned got totally screwed this week. Um, there's been plenty of guys getting hurt in the first quarter or, you know, Dak also having to get hurt pretty early in that game. You know, there's just been a lot of stuff for a lot of different, Oh, Burrow got hurt during that game in the first half too. Yep. I lost Dak in the first half, Danny Dimes in the first half and Burrow in the first half on the same team besides all those problems. That's a lot of lots, a lot of first halves. I want to talk Raiders jets. We teased this earlier here. What a surreal finish to this game. I, I, you know, they could have ended the play before, you know, because, you know, on the play before they overshot, I think it was Aguilar was wide open and Carr overshot him. Uh, but two plays in a row, you're you're holding on for dear life. They can't, they have to score a touchdown against you. You're ahead by four points and they do cover zero. They have no safeties. They blitz twice on third and fourth down. Such a Greg Williams sort of thing to do. You couldn't, you know, it was like, you know, I always say players don't punt. I mean, players don't tank. Usually coaches don't tank. But, man, it, 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 you couldn't try to be looking like you're tanking more than you did on those last two plays. Well, okay, so a couple things. Um, and there's a, this is actually kind of serious, though. But uh, so they, the Raiders had to execute, right? Like yeah. even if you blitz, like it's still it's a 45-yard pass in real time or whatever. It's, you have to make the pass and catch. Right, of course. Okay, so you're not giving it away necessarily, but you're making it so that good professionals or adequate professionals can take it from you. One-on-one guy who runs a 4-2-8 on the outside, just throw it up and let him get it. That's what happened. But if if they did that, on, it's one thing to tank by, like, you know, let's say you start your rookie QB instead of your veteran. Uh, you start a lot of your experimental players to see who's good. I think that's legit tanking. It's not tanking. It's just prioritizing the future over the the present and let the chips fall. Right. But it, but if you're actually like trying to lose a game that you could win, not only does it like screw up the balance, say the Raiders are competing for a wild card, which they are with the Patriots and other teams, but uh, that's close to point shaving. I mean, there's not a huge difference now. They, the Jets still cover the spread, but I mean, that's just incidental. I there's mean, money there's line teasers, bets that money line bets teases, teasers, you name it. Exactly. Exactly. And so point shaving is, you know, that that's borderline criminal. So, um, you know, tanking in the game itself is, is a close cousin to point shaving. I mean, it's not far again, tanking. And I wouldn't even call it tanking, but, uh, prioritizing the future and your personnel decisions is different, right? Yeah. The dolphins click cleaning house, getting some picks. That's, that we call, we we call both of them tanking, but it's not the same thing. Not trying in a particular game, not putting a full effort uh, strategically either on the field from the players on purpose or strategically from the coaches uh, is it's it's a close cousin to point shaving. I, I don't I don't think it's like uh, they're never going to admit it, but it is uh, a little shady. It, it it looked it it looked all the part and. You know, they always say every play in the NFL, you're being judged, whether you're a coach or a player, every play you're being judged. Now, Greg Williams has been in the league forever, so he probably doesn't care. You know, but it's not like he or nor gays are going to benefit from tanking for Trevor. They're gone. There's no way they're going to be around for Trevor. I I can't imagine it. Maybe or maybe uh, they, you know, talk to management and they're like, look that GM who we got fired last year after they signed Le'Veon Bell and a bunch of other 
you know, moves, uh, really put us in a hole. Um, Darnold got hurt and I just, you know, we don't even think Darnold's our guy. Mm-hmm. And cause he was, he was brought in with the old GM and, you know, was, let's just, don't worry about this year. It's a screwed up year anyway with COVID let's get Trevor Lawrence next year and build it. You know, let's see if we may end up with Trevor Lawrence. We're still going to develop our guys. Are you positive they're going to be gone? I mean, there's always a scintilla of a chance, but it's hard to imagine. I mean, the, I mean, the Jets do everything wrong. I mean, they lead the right. world in like, you know, uh, personal foul penalties on defense every week. They're do, they do stupid shit like that. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I have a hard time thinking that they're going to be here. Maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think the only real reason to get rid of I mean, the only – I mean, if the owner doesn't care, and he clearly is a bad owner, uh, the only thing that's going to be driving them get, to get rid of them is public pressure, right? Is right. like, no, you can't – we won't watch anymore if Gaze is our head coach. And the question is whether that will work. I mean, look at the Knicks. I mean, the Dolans are despised. They couldn't be more – couldn't be more despised than if they tried. But yet – you know they're still running the franchise, so there's yeah, not some pretty really, incredible uh, owners in uh, in New York. The yeah, Will Ponds, the Dolans, Richard well, Steinbrenner Johnson cheated. Steinbrenner cheated. You know he was like, uh, what did he do? He got suspended for like a year. What was his? Uh, well, it was the association with gamblers. It was the the whole Dave Winfield thing where Howard he had yeah. Howard Spira like get on Winfield about something or other. Oh, that that's what it was. It was something to do with that. But anyway, he got suspended, and that's when they actually built the team. Yep. That one, the dynasty, because they stopped trading for all these like overpriced vets. They stopped being the Knicks. They were the Knicks. The Yankees <laughs> of the 80s were the Knicks yeah. of the aughts. It was the same thing. It was like this big market team that had had some success. They were obviously more successful than the Knicks because they won two World Series. But then they just started chasing after every washed up free agent. And George just kept throwing money at these guys. And it was, it was one failure after the next until they suspended him. And then they started like, they traded for Paul O'Neill, which is a great trade, but they, they just started getting all their homegrown guys. Yeah. And they happened to come into like, you know, three, four Hall of Famers or Hall of Fame level guys at the same time. Tends to help. Tends yeah, to help if you I mean, let them play and you draft well and develop well. And they got unlucky too during the Brian Taylor thing, for instance. Right. Um, I mean, that, that was like 1.1. The only time that they've had like that high of a pick. And of course, he gets hurt in a bar fight. Yeah. yeah. I, right. It's how he got hurt that was unlucky, but pitchers at 1.1, pitchers get hurt, you know, sure. probably would have got hurt some other way. But yeah, that's a unlikely way for it to happen. But, you know, they had Jeter and Posada and those guys. So, yeah. But just think if you had, if you, you know, you had a chance to win Survivor this week, you know, all these people were on the Raiders. All the Raiders can do is score a touchdown. There's five seconds left in the game. Uh, no, it's all that stuff the betting, the Survivor, the fantasy implication. I mean, I was going against Waller. Yeah, I mean that half-assed. I mean, come on, you're not going to like double this guy. And I was all over Waller this week. I had him in every DFS league and all that. But uh, so it's foreseeable is my point. Um, but because if I, if McSquirkson is on it, then you know it's pretty obvious. But uh, right. well, it's pretty obvious after the first half, maybe you know, like yeah. it's just like all right, this guy's killing us. Let's make an adjustment. You know, yeah. And the Raiders kept finding ways to keep the Jets in, and the Jets, you know, they actually played hard. I mean, they, yeah. I feel bad for the players, actually, too, because that's their career, too. All right, uh, quick note. Sports bettors know that magic happens. We saw it just talking about the Jets Raiders. When you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise, 
And that's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of the sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right. Uh, so we got some breaking news, Jeff, uh, totally, uh, pertinent to what we're talking about. Jets just canned, uh, Greg Williams, but they did not can, I assume Adam Gaze. Uh, Interesting. so that's what I'm saying is if they were going to can Gaze, why wouldn't they do it now? Right after they fired Greg Williams, I mean, if they're going to fire Greg Williams, they're firing people. If that's what's going on after that debacle, why wouldn't Gaze be gone? I think he's going to be there. He might be, which would be hilarious. Or tragic, depending on your point of view. I hope he's there. I hope he's there. Yeah. I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope Trevor Lawrence turns him down, too. I hope he pulls an Eli John Elway and just says, I don't want to pay for, play for this franchise. And then, it, well, then he'd get drafted by the Jaguars right now. Although, you know, the Bengals aren't, well, they got that tie, unfortunately, that keeps them two you know they're they're another the jaguars have almost won a couple of games too dude they've been the, they've been the the master of the late drive cover it's been yeah. awesome oh yeah they're they did it again yesterday against the vikings getting that last drive although i, I you know it, it it put the cover in i mean they were still going to cover but getting that late touchdown was like oh all my worries are are just they're they're yeah. taking care of cuz i i was super uncomfortable it's like I just don't want to have to cover the take the Vikings as a big favorite again. I'm taking the Jags, even though I'll hold my nose on that. And that was a weird game because you know the first half the Vikings didn't do hardly anything, and you know and then and they start the third quarter to pick six. And you're like, oh, this is feeling pretty good. And then they boom, boom, boom. We're taking it to them. The Jags were turning the ball over. The, the Vikings are uh, you know scoring at will. And then they fumbled near the goal line. They had this other turnover. They kept finding ways to keep the Jags in it. Yeah, I didn't watch that much of that game, but I did see the Dalvin Cook fumble. That was bizarre. It was like a ex- weird exchange. And uh, yeah, the Jaguars have been like spread covering machines of late. It's been. Uh, I think what they should do is, of all the teams that don't make the playoffs, the team that covers the spread the most should get the first pick. Yeah, and the team that covers the spread the least. Yeah, it means you're outperforming your expectations. And so, yeah, I guess if you set the expectations low, you'll be more likely to cover. But then again, the team that currently is like 0-16 gets the first pick. So why should you be rewarded for sucking? And then I understand why you want competitive balance. But the best of both worlds is, you know, you get rewarded for trying. And covering is trying, right? Covering is trying. So I think that's – although you would have some weird outcomes where – Teams are like, oh, we're down six and the spread is four. Let's kick the field goal. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we're one in ten. <laughs> but that's why, go back to your wrong. original idea of margin of victory it should be like the total determinant. You know, you should be incentivized to try to score at all times, you know. 
You know, the yeah. team that uh, has the highest total margin of victory is the number one seed. The team yeah, with like, the lowest margin of victory or, or you know, greatest margin of defeat should get should not be rewarded with the first overall pick, but instead, like you know, that's that you know, go that route. Right. Well, I mean, it would change a lot of things because nobody would be playing just to win, right? I mean, you, right. you'd have things where you were like, I mean, you would be playing to win, but you'd be like, also there'd be like this other factor, like, oh, I got to, we got to score more points. We can't just kick this game-winning field goal yet. Let's try to get a touchdown and win. You know, let's win in overtime with a touchdown. You know, like the Vikings were not just because your kicker sucks, but because there's a difference. You know how much you win by. But I, I do think in fantasy we do this, right? We, we say, okay, the records are what win divisions, but we also want more fairness so we're going to have total points be one of the playoff spots uh and in the nfl at least like one of the playoff spots should be total points you know total point differential because it clearly that's a better team to get in the playoffs the the other negative though would be that offensive teams would have an advantage over defensive teams because winning 16 to 3 could be totally dominant Right, but your mar- your margin's not that big, and then you know if you're thirty seven to that's a tie, but it's the tiebreaker though. I guess I should say, you know, it's like what record matters no. first, right? And then no, not it's, a tiebreaker. Yeah. It would be like one of the seat, like you'd have four division winners, and the two wild cards would be just total uh, differential, not record anymore. Right. So you're trying to win your division, but once you have a team like the Steelers that's way out there. Now you only – it would be kind of weird though. You would only care about point differential. But then again, winning and point differential – you can't improve your point differential when you lose a game, Jeff. Did you know that? That's true. It is true. That's why the Steelers have the best point differential, I'm pretty sure, because they don't have a negative one on their whole slate. Well, that – I can look at that. That can be that can be found. Yeah. Fine. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. So – by the way, chances to win is going to be odd for you today. Three games you have to factor in. Uh, I'm dreading. Let's just do like ten minutes at the end, like the other thing. I don't. It's just like make my head hurt to fa- to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. By the way, you're right. It is Steelers plus one twenty nine going into today. Chiefs are one sixteen at our second. Saints are one oh six. So right. Whoever has the fewest losses. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to beat the undefeated team because every one of their games has contributed to their positive net point differential. Right. Whereas right. you have one that's actually subtracting if you had a loss. Yeah, that's true. It is indeed empirically true. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about here? Uh, well, we've got you know, lots of stuff to talk about, actually. But uh, so, so do you think Jalen Hurts starts next week? Uh, I think he has to. I mean, it. it he was just so much better. And it's even if he, if we didn't even see Jalen hurts, even if we didn't know who Jalen hurts was yeah. and he didn't play well, Wentz, I mean, that experiment is over. The problem is they just paid him a bunch of money and it's guaranteed money. A lot of it. So that's the, that's the problem that they have is if they turn to hurts and hurts is good down the stretch. I mean, they can't put that genie back in the bottle. Yeah. But they, they kind of would love to, that cost is sunk though. I mean, it's already spent. You're you're stuck with it regardless. You might as well find out what you have in Hurts, right? Yeah, but like if somehow Wentz were miraculously to play great down the stretch and they win the division, and he wins a playoff game, you still couldn't trade him with that contract. But I don't know. I think you're probably right. I don't really think they get out of that. And I just Wentz is. I mean, I it's one of the worst I've ever seen this year. I mean, it's just it's like unwatchable. It's you know, Mitch Trubisky looks better than Wentz to me. Yeah. I had Brett Coleman on the uh, podcast last week. He does this uh, uh, thing on YouTube. It's called The Film Room, and he, he broke down Wentz. 
And it's not just the line. The line is horrific. There, there's none of it. But it's his, his footwork is terrible. His decisions are terrible. Uh, the play calling is terrible too. Doug Peterson is an active part of the problem. I mean, this is a guy in his fifth year, and he still ha- you know he's got these problems. You know, this isn't some like rookie, uh, you know, or right. some project at this point. This is who he is. Well, it's just weird that he was good for a while, and he's only twenty eight. And what could explain the total collapse? I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. The disconnect between who he was and who he is, and I, I just don't get it. I don't know what's wrong. Um, it, it's obviously combination things, but the, I, I could see it for like four or five games, and then they kind of right the ship. Like you look at Baker Mayfield yesterday. Well, he had forever to throw, so almost any NFL quarterback could do well in that situation. But you know, you'll see him look really bad, and then he'll have a ga- good game or two. But Wentz is just like it's. He's had some like heroic games where he sacrificed his body and right. made some good throws this year, but it's been like sustained poor play, and not just poor, but like dreadful, like the worst imaginable throws at people's feet, terrible right. interceptions, bad decisions. You're just like, who is this guy? How is it even possible that this is the same guy that was the front runner for MVP the year he got hurt and they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember a game where he actually was a positive difference maker. You know the Ravens game. He like made a comeback at the yeah, end. But, but do you want to know? He did make a comeback, but he averaged five point three yards per attempt in that right, game. Right, right. That was I his mean, good game. Yeah, that was, that's his good game. Gets, yeah, yeah. He's been bad. Yeah, it's it's really been awful. I mean, the Giants game. He threw for three fifty nine, but he had that soul killing pick. Uh, you know that that one where he did the hero ball thing, rolled it out to his left and threw it up for grabs in the end zone. I mean, there there were other missed passes in that game too. It was only one interception, but there's a lot of bad bad decisions all along. Yeah, I, I I'm having a hard time you, seeing it too. Let me give you a quiz. Uh, Cam Newton missed a game this year, so he's played 11 games. How many rushing touchdowns does he have? I, I read your column. Oh, so. yeah, he's got, he's got 11 rushing touchdowns, in 11 games. I mean, Kyler Murray, I think, has 10. And in like 12 games, I mean, Cam Newton's going to have like, he's going to be among the league leaders in rushing touchdowns. And we talked about this. Now, unfortunately he's only got five TD passes. I thought he'd have like 18 TD passes on the year. Not like he's going to end up with like nine or 10. Right. So he's not been that valuable, but man, 11 rushing TDs. Yeah. There, there's games where they don't even try to throw and right. they didn't have to yesterday. Really? That was the thing. It was kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, it is wild. Uh, how about Jonathan Taylor coming into life? 13 carries for 91 yards, had the touchdown on fourth and four. That was you know, that was a total blown coverage by the Texans. I mean, he just slipped out and nobody was on him. But it was kind of the, that was kind of the point, though, is you know, nobody expects him to do that, but he's capable of doing that. Yeah, he looked good. Mario wrote something the other day on Twitter where he was saying that he just expected Taylor to get it eventually. Yeah. And then it took him a minute in Wisconsin initially. And that the run, the schemes were a little different and he just needed to figure out what he's supposed to do in these situations, but mm-hmm. that he would pro- almost certainly get there. And I was dubious. Um, and it looks like so far Mario was kind of right. Like the, this last game and the game before he uh, was at COVID um, he, both of those games, he started to get it and you saw him make some nice cuts and he's starting to understand what he's supposed to do. And he may be a league winner in these playoffs if you if you made it with him. You know, he may be a guy that like steps up big in the next couple of games. That's right. That's right. Meanwhile, Houston almost pulled this game off, but for a bad snap. Oh, dude, um, dude, that that's just so I had Houston plus three. 
It's such garbage, man. I mean, they're at the two-yard line on second and two, down six. Come on. It's just – and then you just fumble a snap and it's over. That's just so – It was a shotgun snap and it was a bad snap. And it was like low down here to his left foot. And he was trying to go. He was going to roll right, too. I think that was yeah. part of the problem. But, you know, it's a, when you think about how all, the decimation of the, his receiving core, uh, they lost Cooks in that game, too, remember? He got checked right. for a concussion. They were down to Kiki QT and Chad Hansen. That was it. I mean, that's yeah, who they were throwing won, to. They and they should have won the game. Yeah. I mean, well, the Colts just, contributed to that too by running Naeem Hines right up the middle on fourth and one. Uh, I saw that just got totally like, smothered. You have all these other options. I mean, I run them outside if you're going to run them. Don't run it into the pile. Well, they'll never see that coming. Well, well right, also, until they though, did. But also, when you have Rivers as your QB, running outside is not as effective because there's no doubt who's got the ball. You know, there's no. Oh, maybe the QB will keep. There's no chance. Yeah, even there's no RPO. Have, that's for sure. Even if you have Baker it might be Mayfield. play action. They could do play action still, and he does do that pretty well, actually. But still, even even if you have Baker Mayfield who's slow, you could still get a yard or two on a RPO, you yeah. know, a dive. But with Rivers, it's just that's just not in the. You can't have that in the playbook. It's he's too slow. Yeah. So that that hurt him a little bit, and uh, it's funny because people never talk about the indirect effects of things. It's like. I saw a Titans game against the Colts a couple weeks ago where they faked the handoff to Derrick Henry to goal line and threw to one of the tight ends. And it was like the easiest touchdown. Maybe Tannehill ran it. I can't remember. But it was the easiest touchdown ever. He ran it. I remember that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's because you have Derrick Henry. And the defense just, they they have to sell it to stop him. Right. Because if you don't, they'll just give it to him every time. They'll score every time. And so there's this other second-order effect by having Henry that is enhanced. And then people don't realize the negative effects of having Rivers. Like, there is no threat of certain plays at all. It can't even be in the playbook. And so that makes defense easier. And so we just look at these things in isolation, but there are, like, other effects of it. Yep. And then and the, the other thing that's so crazy is the Patriots went 45 nothing, and it started to make me think that maybe coaching is a factor in the NFL. Just a little bit. But it just gave it's a little bit of evidence toward that thesis. But also, like, the whole idea, like, running game doesn't matter. It's only the passing game that matters. You can't win with the running game. Now, they're only 6-6, six and six and they're not a great team. But, like, I just think that people are looking at all of that by, like, averages, like net yards per play, net yards per attempt, all these, these sort of, like, overall averages, and not realizing you need four, four chances to get 10 yards. And then defense, you can give up a lot of yardage in between the 20s, but if you know how to stiffen, you can't run inside. The, if you can't run well, it's harder to score in the red zone because it's a lot easier to cover the receivers than it is when you have the whole field behind you. And these sort of these factors aren't really taken into account. And I want to see, you know, what these running teams like the Titans. I mean, the Titans can also throw it. Uh, the Patriots, the Giants are one now by necessity. Although even with Danny Dimes, they're still a running team. I want to see, you know, in the winter, some of these games, I want to see some of the running teams do well. Now, the the best team in the league is still the Chiefs, and they're one of the most pass-heavy teams, but that's a little of an unfair comparison because they just happen to have arguably the greatest quarterback of all time and and great receivers with him. Yeah. By the way, there's about 10 worst coaches in the NFL again. Uh, I'm starting to notice that. Someone like 10 bottom fives. Yes, exactly, Um, if not more. Uh, But, you know, because at one point – 
Doug Peterson is the worst. No, Anthony Lynn is the worst. No, Adam Gates is the worst. No, Zach Taylor is the worst. And then we've already lost to O'Brien, Patricia, uh, Dan Quinn. I mean, there's a lot of worst coaches out there. How about Pete Carroll punting on? uh, Oh, my gosh. The Giants, 37. He did so many stupid things yesterday. How about blowing a timeout when the Giants are set up to kick a field goal? Right. But let's wait till there's 12 seconds left on the play clock, then call the timeout. Oh, that'll ice Graham Gano, you know, who's been around for 10 years and needs to be iced. What? Right. In the middle, in like a third quarter, it was like a fourth. It was like they were nine minutes go left seven, in the fourth quarter. They were going to go 17 to five. They're 14, five, nine minutes in the third quarter. Oh, let's ice him. He's going to get really nervous with this kick. It was like such a, it was such a small kick in the, in the game. Yeah. You know, of course he wasn't going to get nervous about that kick. It was just like a routine kick. It was so bizarre, so bizarre, some of the stuff they did. And in punting early on, too, uh, from the 37, well, taking a delay so that you wouldn't, you know, don't have to punt from the 37. That would be embarrassing. Well, we can now punt from the 42. It's fourth and six, too. It wasn't fourth and 12. Right. He punted on fourth and six from the 37. Yeah. I was watching, I I, I, I watched maybe 15 minutes of college football on Saturday, but uh, while I was eating lunch, I threw it on. And twice I saw these horrible situations. Wisconsin down eight from midfield. They had like a fourth and four. They punted. And of course, the announcer's like, yeah, pin them back inside the five. It was inside the 15, but whatever. Oh, like, you know, dutifully like endorsing that move right away. No, you're at midfield. You may not. And of course, Indiana got a couple first downs, and Wisconsin had to start all over again. Even worse, Tennessee's down 17 in the fourth quarter to Florida, who's the favorite, too. A good offense, all that. They're down 17 and like 13 minutes left. It was midfield, it was fourth and 12 or something like that. It's a tough one. But you're down 17. And then the analyst goes, no choice but to punt. No, there's a choice. Don't you realize punting is the risky player? Florida, of course, drove down and scored. Now all of a sudden it's 31-7, game over. You know. Well, Vic, Vic Fangio kept doing it. He was like on his own 41 or 40, and it'd be fourth and three, and he'd punt it back to Mahomes. And then literally two plays later, Kelsey would make a catch, totally wide open. Demarcus Robinson would make a catch. And they're then at the uh, Denver 40, and luckily the Denver stiffened in the red zone a couple of times and held them to field goals, but – like, Collinsworth implied that was the strategy is bend, don't break, and then stop him in the red zone. You know, I could get behind a couple of those punts, but the last one was the worst. You're, you're now trailing. And yeah, and, and they can run out the whole clock. Yeah, they almost I mean, they did run get, out the whole clock. I think Andy Reid should have gone for it. I agree. Uh, on fourth down because you never want to be up six and give him the ball, even though it was a minute, no timeouts, and Locke wasn't even close. It's just like, you know, first well, of all, it's a risk-reward. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the, the, they have the, to score the touchdown. The thing is, when you're up three and you uh, and you go for, let's say you get stuffed at four. If they get it, it's game over. So that that's a win. But if you don't get it, but I would trust Mahomes to get fourth and three all day over my defense. But secondly, uh, if you don't get it and the Broncos get the ball now, you, they do have McManus who has a good leg, but it's just a tie. Right. They're going to play for the field goal, too. Like, they won't even play for the touchdown unless they get super lucky. Right. Coaches are dumb like that. They should play for the option of the touchdown or the field goal, but they end up being conservative because they know they can get the field goal. So sometimes when you when you go up six and force that, you almost force them to beat you because they play for the touchdown. Now, again, it worked because there was a minute, no timeouts, and Locke wasn't even close. But I thought just, you know, A, win the game, and B, if you don't, you, worst case, it's a tie pretty much. Right. Here, you're definitely not going to win the game, you know, on the field goal, and you still could miss the field goal, and then you're obviously getting the loss if they score the touchdown. So I thought that was kind of dumb, but but I, I still think Fangio should have gone for it. I mean, 
you're not trying to get a close loss. You're trying to win the game. You're the underdog. You need volatility. They're 13 and a half point dogs. Right. And so you want to, and secondly, like, I just think like they needed to shorten the game more. They did a decent job of shortening the game. I and mean, Mahomes didn't go crazy in this game, but every time you convert keeps the defense on the field, you get a new set of downs, you're punting. You're just like puts your defense back on the field. And again, like the Ben book don't break thing is possible to do in the red zone because you don't have to worry about Tyree kill getting 40 yards behind your guys. But right. you know, when they're on the eight or 10 or 12 yard line, okay. Like you don't have to worry about that cover a lot less field. And I think they still could have done the Ben, but don't break and done a decent job. I mean, it was first and 10 at the 10, a bunch and they, they didn't score that wouldn't change. But I thought like it was so easy for the chiefs to move from one forty to the other uh, one, one thirty to the other 30 that, yeah. There's no point in punting there when you could keep the ball and wear well, them down. Keep in mind, they had a touchdown that didn't that they missed. They had another touchdown call back. They had another instance right. where they're down inside the one and then ran some weird right. reverse yes. play that lost five yards and they ended up kicking inside you know inside the ten. I mean, this game by all rights shouldn't have been that close. Right, but. it easily could have got out of hand. That's right. They yeah. got they got kind of lucky that it even went that way. But yeah, just yeah. a fourth and three between the forties, you're going against Mahomes. And that defense isn't very good. You got to go for it. I mean, I just, I just think it's like, you know, if you're going against I, the, the Seattle punt, as bad as Pete Carroll's punt was, and it was bad because it was third, it was fourth and six, 37 yard line. At least you could say, well, it's Colt McCoy back there. So if we pin them, um, then you know they're gonna probably have to punt it back to us pretty soon, and you know maybe make a turnover, have some disaster back there. You could at least argue that, but like against the Chiefs, it's the opposite argument. Yep, agreed. Uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, finally, less said the better about the Bengals, but uh, that game was super weird. It, it, they had the one touchdown to Tyler Boyd on a two-yard two out pattern where the, uh, Brian uh, Brian Jones took a terrible angle. It was Brian Jones, I think, that took a terrible angle to try to make the tackle. One guy was able to block two tacklers, and Boyd took it to the house. That was the Bengals' offense the entire game, except for the weird play at the end of the first, uh, second quarter where both Boyd and Xavier Howard got ejected. Somehow the Bengals got the penalty on that one. Took him, it turned a thirty-five, a thirty-five-yard field goal attempt to a fifty-yard field goal attempt. Of course they missed it. That cost me the cover. I'm, I'm really kind of yeah, me too. Because that too. was eleven and a half, and they won by twelve. Of course, naturally. Right. And so that also meant later in the game when they had it late in the scoring position, they're still down. It was you know nineteen ten doesn't help them. They yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. they couldn't kick a field goal there. They had to score a touchdown, which of course they threw an interception instead. You know. That cover was there for the taking, but the, the fact is, the Dolphins also had a defensive touchdown reversed on, on review. That was close. They they were they were shutting down the Bengals all day. I mean, that, but the problem was, they were shutting themselves down too. That the Dolphins' offense with two in there was not very good at all. Yeah, it's uh, Dolphins are such a weird team. You know, they're one of those teams that like just gets by with junk. They're like one of those like Bears teams from like ten years ago that you're like. This team is not that good, but nope. they just always seem to make a play, get a block punt or something, and end up beating these teams. That, that was annoying. Much respect to Mike Thomas, though, the real Michael Thomas, who uh, took out Jakeem Grant, oh. started a whole brawl. And, that took like uh, I just, 30 minutes to resolve that. It was yeah. insane. Scott Hansen was very excited about the brawl. He was, of course he was. He was He's very excited, often. Very excited. Uh, yeah, but that was an off game. Zach, that, the Bengals were undisciplined. They were stupid. I mean, Zach Taylor does deserve to be fired. He should, he should be on that list, too. He, he's yeah. another bottom five coach. 
but we'll see. All right, we'll close with that. Um, looking forward to these three games, two today, uh, and then, of course, a, a Tuesday night game again. And we'll get back to normal, theoretically, the next week, although I'm sure there'll be another outbreak. Yeah, I'm sure something will happen. Yeah. But all right, man. All right. Well, thanks, for everybody, for listening. Please uh, support our sponsors, PropSwap and BetMGM. And uh, got Joe and Jake talking free agents tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.